boat fight scene. He's the first time a fez was ever intimidating. Because <laughs> normally you put a fez on somebody and they are not scary. <laughs> What's up, everybody? How's it going? Uh, it's John. And this is Chris. And we're here with Toy, toy Trauma. Trauma. Giving you all the rundown of toy news and uh, opinions from experts. Exactly. Experts Chris and John. in our field. Yes. Which is us. And there's no field except for the one that we made. I feel like, according to Malcolm Gladwell, we've put in well over our 10,000 hours. Well, if I knew who that was, I would agree with you. Today's show, we're going to talk about collecting in general, like why we collect. This was kind of a, um, this one's been percolating for a bit with John. Yeah, it was, I was sort of inspired by a, a Facebook post, and I don't mean to sort of attack the, the person who made this Facebook post. Um, because but kind I don't, of. I, I mean, a little, a little bit, a little bit, but not really. It's not like a, this is not a hit piece, just like the Super 7 was not a hit piece. Wasn't it though? I guess I guess it kind of turned out to be. <laughs> Even when we tried to be positive, <laughs> we're like, we were like, oh wait, no, 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 this sucks. This is this the positive is section. This is the positive <laughs> section of Super Seven. But yeah, we're so uh, just to to give you an idea of what today's episode is about, uh, we're gonna give you a little bit of uh, of our recent history, what we've been up to, so you know what we've been watching, what we've been buying. Then we're gonna talk a little bit about some toy news, some things that have. Uh, got stuck in our craw this week and then we'll get on to our final topic why we collect uh, and i think it's going to be a good discussion i'm, I'm, I'm excited me too about yeah it. we haven't talked about it with each other off mic really we've just texted and messaged about it yeah and at yeah. first i was really hesitant i was like i got nothing to say on this but as i started thinking about it and writing and i was like i do have i do have opinions on this and I'm going to subject whoever clicked on this link to them. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm still a little nervous. Nervous isn't the right word, but like, I'm a little worried about how it's going to, what's going to come out and what we're going to say. But thankfully we, we have said. final control over what the rest of the world will hear out of it. And so if we say anything that's uh, inappropriate or, or too incendiary, <laughs> you guys probably won't hear if it. If you don't so. hear me talk for the next hour and a half, you know that I, <laughs> just, that John edited me out. I've just, just been some speaking some inappropriate stuff. So tell me, a little bit about what you've been watching lately. What's what you've been wrapping your peepers around there, bud? So uh, I I am a little scared that I said this already last week, but just in case I didn't, I'm gonna go ahead and say it too. Go for uh, it, bud. The wife and I just finished watching the final season of Better Call Saul, um, and I really liked it. And I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but I I loved Breaking Bad. I loved Better Call Saul, and I I just. I think it's it was a good ending, um, but I think you you disagreed about that. I I just didn't th- buy he had it had a very good build up the last few episodes, which Better Call Saul for me as a whole, I was disappointed in. A, mm. a lot of people were just like jizzing all over, like oh it's so great, uh! and then every week I'm just like nothing fucking happened. What this is so boring, <laughs> and then then they'd put in a little something. Like maybe if I had binged it, I I watched it week to week pretty much all mm-hmm. all. So it was a seasons. binge for me. We we watched I think the seasons one through five when season five came out, uh-huh. and then we watched season six when that was released to streaming. Yeah. 
And, you know, I, I actually just, I, I said I wasn't going to talk about Better Call Saul, but maybe I'll, I'll leave off my other thing that I did. But uh, I, I just had a thought that maybe one of the reasons why it's seemed so good for me, where it hasn't been as good for others, is that it's been a while since I've watched Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And this is giving me little tastes of, mm-hmm. it's giving me little tastes of some of the greatness of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Like getting to see... Hector Salamanca be yes. a despicable monster. That was good. And I getting to see Gus stuff. and his backstory. St- like, plus Lalo is like one of the greatest villains uh, that's ever been put to film. I yeah, think. I think that was another thing that kind of disappointed me. Like how they just neatly bow tied up Lalo. I'm like, uh, I, I don't want to go into like the this was like a year over a year ago that yeah, yeah. as of this recording. It's so not, it's not new, I'm, it's, it's, but we're not about spoiling TV shows in this right, podcast. Right. So I'll just say, you know, as, as a very big fan of breaking bad, um, I think I've watched the whole series twice the whole way through. I'm about to start partially a watch third. Through. Yeah. Like I watched it on my own and then I watched it with an ex-girlfriend and then kind of, cause it's on streaming now, kind of like every now and then I'd be like, Oh, let me see that episode where oh, yeah. they, they murk Gale or, uh, you know, the great Gus gets uh Moff Gideon. <laughs> I just realized that they 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 Gus franged Moff Gideon. I well, didn't. I just. It's only appropriate. Well, he that's got, what I'm going to talk. He about. got deep fried. I'm going to talk about. <laughs> uh, I've been watching Mando, uh, season three. Did you you finished it? I right? finished it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Mando season three wrapped up, and also Picard season three wrapped up. So I haven't watched any of Picard. I don't know that I ever will. But oh god, uh, I have heard a lot of people loving this last season. The last season is total fan service in the best way possible. I will not speak ill of season 3 because seasons 1 and 2 were such hot garbage. Yeah. I mean, they were just shit. Like it just like chipped away at my soul every week. I I I love <laughs> I've spoken about Next Generation on this podcast before. It's got a special place in my heart. I'm a fan, too. So Picard is one of my favorite characters in fiction as a whole. And the amount of excitement I had when they announced he was coming back. And, like, oh, like, I get, like, one of the best finales ever was the Next Generation All Good Things. Right, right. Season 7, final episode, Wrapped series up, finale. put a nice bow on it. So, mwah. Yeah. And... I was like, oh, now we get to see these characters like third, like they're literally 35 years older now and they were playing it back then. I was so hyped and it was just dog shit, like just. And one of the sad things, too, is that Picard was highly based on Patrick Stewart's ideas, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, just goes to show you a great actor doesn't necessarily right. make a great well, I, writer. Yeah, I heard that he basically was like, I don't want to be in a uniform. Yep. I don't want to be on the bridge of the Enterprise. No Enterprise. You know? He said no Borg, which if you've watched season <laughs> three. Aren't they in the first season too? They're in season two a little bit. Two? Okay. Yeah. Because so, uh, Kim Pine turns into the Borg queen or something. That was right? season two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Kim Pine, Scott Pilgrim. I'm rereading <laughs> Scott Pilgrim right now. Oh, oh the, the color great. versions. I love that. Oh, that's fucking comic book. But um, yeah. So Picard season three gets the whole Next Generation cast back together. Uh, I guess maybe this is spoilers, but if you're a Trek fan, and you don't know this already. The Enterprise D 
comes back. Right. They give us right. the D. They give us the D. <laughs> Been begging for it all along. Tenacious Enterprise D. <laughs> um, we'll see how that peaks. I, t- I tried to. Uh, yeah, I think you did great. Um, so you, I know you're familiar Mando. with uh, with Red Letter Media, and yes. I know you watched some. Of, have you watched any of their Picard reviews? All of them. All of okay. Them. Them, I know that's all you watch, right? Yeah, that's all. That's my only exposure to the Picard show, besides talking to you as watching these videos uh, of them. I loved their their first episode on season three, where they're they're like scared to admit yeah. that they liked it they're like they're, what the fuck is happening they're just like oh my god what what <laughs> we Wait, hated what? season one and two we hated them they oh traumatized so much us. yeah and now we kind of like this this is impossible they <laughs> that, i that think hilarious. yeah they like season three more than i did because they they hate new trek as a whole mm-hmm. and I, I i i'm just mildly dislike some of it and I, I think it's watchable, but it's not like great. That's yeah. My... It doesn't. It's doesn't hook you. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, Red Letter it... can't recommend enough. Picard season three. Red Letter Media's reviews of Picard oh, season yeah. three. And what did you think about Mando season three? So I, um, the last two episodes were very good, but. I, I they kind of let me down after the near perfection of the the two or three episodes leading up to them. Yeah, I, the episodes you mean the that Book were Book of Boba Fett. The last two episodes of Book of Boba Fett. Oh yeah, where everyone shows up and everything <laughs> happens all at once. I just I loved the way that like the the more the more small episodes where it's focused around Bo-Katan. Like like the episode where Bo-Katan comes in and rescues the Mando from the yeah, like I love blood that sucking stuff. robot thing. Yep. That episode was just about perfect to me. It was, I oh god, that's what I hope season four is gonna be, just like Mando and Grogu adventure time. Like, that would be just great. Going I would on be little down. Star Wars, yeah. pepper in like I don't even need a Star Wars uh, legacy reference in every episode. Just yeah, like yeah, it can be what, just yeah them every two episodes somebody. yeah. Like there's eight episodes, like every, like half of them give me a little taste to somebody like, oh, that, oh, Dax. Oh, wait, wait, what? Who's that? It's, oh. Hey, look, it's, it's, uh, it's Jackson, the rabbit. Yeah. From, you know, that would be cool. But, uh, <laughs> <It'd be> amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they had a green space buddy rap. Oh, that would be amazing. If I'm, they did that. I'm really glad that you brought up Book of Boba Fett because that's what the last two episodes really felt like was yeah. the last two episodes of Book of Boba Fett where they're like, well, we need this big spectacle. We got to have TIE fighters. We got to have a space battle. We got to yeah. have uh, Moff Gideon. For some reason, he's a hands-on fighter. That's never made he, sense He's to in me. a Darth Vader, Stormtrooper, Dark Trooper. I, I much would have preferred him. Darth Maul. I think we may have even said this before, but like it, it's... I, I prefer him as the brains, you know, like he's not the guy that's getting out there and melee combat with a guy who that's all he does. But he did do that in the finale of season two. He, he fought did, with the dark saber. Dumb then too. <laughs> um, you, you've heard the scuttlebutt, right? Among the interwebs that that was a clone that got blowed up. And yeah. Cause he didn't have a mustache, which I think is a valid. Uh, I fucking hope he's observation. Gone. I do not want, any more Moff Gideon. I, I'm ready for Ahsoka and Thrawn. And, you know, just knock on wood. Dave Filoni doesn't let us down. And yeah. it's amazing as that trailer sets it up to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, did did you have anything else that you wanted to say about the Mando season three? Because I kind of co opted your. Uh... No, I just think it was uneven as a whole. Yeah. Right. It yeah. wasn't. It was the worst of the three. Right. And it really didn't. Um... I think you're right. Yeah. yeah I had to mull it over for a minute. <laughs> John was like, mm, okay, yeah. Um, I still will rewatch it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I'm gonna rewatch the season. Um, and I'm one of those people that watches the the videos after I watch the the episode to see the little Easter egg someone yeah, yeah. caught and da da da. You That's know? always fun. Uh, I watch Screen Crush. I don't know them. And um, I used to watch New Rock Stars, but they got a little annoying to mm. me. So I watch. There's this guy Screen Crush. He sets it up like he's a video store guy. Oh, that he's got cool. a little dog he talks to <laughs> <laughs> doing a solo video is tough because like you, you who are you talking to yeah it's, it's very weird yeah yeah he, he's gone full in on mando season three i just watch his um his breakdowns like his 67 things you missed <laughs> um those but, type of things but anyway yeah so mando season three picard season three uh better call saul season six and as a whole, the whole thing. Yeah, recommended watching. Yeah, uh, totally. Now we're going to move on to... Uh... Our recent pickups. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to make the sounds. The, the, the music is there. It's there. Look, man, I like to participate. I like to be like, <laughs> give you options to overlay. No, I like it. I like it. I'm going to... One day I'll do a, like a dubstep song with like all the different sound effects that we <laughs> like do a... the crazy loud screeching and stuff that we both <laughs> we both make through these videos so john what's something you picked up recently that you're just all in love with man i am gonna tell you guys about the gundam universe leo figure and i, I this is this is not the first time that i'm gonna talk about a gundam toy and Chris's eyes are going to glaze over. I'm sorry, I fell asleep. What'd you say? Yeah, see, there you go. Uh, the Gundam Universe—they are uh, roughly six-inch figures. Uh, they're they're Gundam figures, highly articulated, um, and they come from all the different Gundam cartoons that have existed. This one comes specifically oh, from Gundam oh, Wing. Opa Gundam Tire. Open Gundam oh, Wing. Oh, oh, Opa Gundam Wing. Yeah. There you go. Um, so this is the uh, sort of the generic troops. If if you had to make a comparison, this would be like the the bat of the okay. Gundam Wing world. They're gotcha. the the bad guys. Uh, there's thousands of them. They get blown up super fucking easy. Uh, they're just a little, but they are driven by people. So they're not. Oh. so any every it's time like one murder, of those gets every blown time. up, it's like, like murdering people. You better look right. for the little parachute. But anyways, it's a it's a really cool. Um, uh, it's an excellent design. It's one that I've always loved. And they, they did a good job with it. He comes yeah. with his rifle, his beam saber. He's got his little jet pack on his back. And it's very poseable. Um, just a really fun toy. And I, I'm probably going to end up with like 30 of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know you asked me to be on the lookout for them. I haven't seen any more. I, I, they are apparently available on Amazon at retail. So I could just I could just load up my Do cart. That. But I just haven't Where's yet. the fun in that? Yeah, maybe I'll wait for a sale or something, or maybe I'll just wait to see how many the toy gods bless me with in person. <laughs> I, my pickup, I did order off. I went to Brooklyn X. I did order off Amazon. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> Amazon book. shipped me my toy. My toy. Um, but what toy did they send you then? They sent Lucky? me the McFarlane, Michael Keaton, Batman, Flash movie uh, guy person. 
Now, is this the one that is masked, or is this the unmasked Ray Liotta? So, I own both. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but the one that is my pickup, my, my favorite, quote-unquote, is the masked version. Okay, Because yeah. he just, even though he doesn't have a yellow belt, which I'm assuming is a costume hmm. choice that's going to be in the Flash movie. I'm trying to, we Because this so... is technically a Flash movie right, version. that no one cares about the Flash. It's it's uh, Batman 2.5 it's yeah. like keaton batman 2.5 is the only reason and i'm so like i'm hoping that if this is a success they'll actually release that batgirl movie oh that was, i really wanted to see that I, I was very curious because michael keaton was in it right right and i heard that we'll never get to see it because they did it for tax purposes right I hope somebody just leaks it or something. That God, would be I cool. hope so. But then that you know, it sucks be for finished. all those people. Yeah. And to wait this long to get any Michael, it took us this long to get Michael Keaton to even acknowledge he was Batman in 1989 right. and 92. Right. He's like, I don't want to be Batman for the rest of my life. Too fucking bad. This is what do you think sorry. you're going to be Birdman for the rest of your life? Right. Um. <laughs> so the fact that there's any Michael Keaton Batman footage out there that I'm not seeing just is a it grinds my gears. We actually saw the trailer in the theater yesterday uh, yeah. for the Flash, and it, it looks it looks fun. It looks was like that a fun the movie. new one or the one that's been I out. I think it's the older one okay. because it I've didn't the have the scene that I saw from the new one where like there's two Flashes and Supergirl running. They like jump yes, out of the uh-huh. Batwing or something. I didn't see that shot in this trailer, so I think it's the first one. Okay. Um, but it looks like fun. It's, it's too bad that Ezra Miller is like a trash person. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It, it, I love the fact that McFarlane just makes every iteration of Batman right, right. and he even makes up his own iteration. He does. Oh yeah. He's like, there's not enough pouches on this. Motherfucker. Yeah. I want to make this one. So uh, I'm just waiting for the, has there been a Batman with chains? If there hasn't, I'm sure there will be. I haven't seen one yet, but. That's actually shocking. Yeah, there he, needs he to be. He made the one that was like Batman by McFarlane that has yes. spikes and shit all and over And has him. pouches. and Yeah, yeah. So I'm really looking for, like, I like, I haven't, I've binned my, I used to have a big Batman display, McFarlane Batman display. Mm-hmm. And I binned most of them, but I still keep buying Batman. So they're just oh, wow. like peppered throughout. I'm really looking forward to getting a dedicated, just like two shelves where it can just be it's like the Hall of Armor. Hall of Batman, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he so, looks pretty good, too. I've seen this this McFarlane, not in person, uh, other than yours, but uh, it it looks like a good sculpt. Like, yeah. It, it's pretty it's, good. I mean, it, it's uh, Batman, <laughs> you know? It's a shiny all-black Batman. And he started with the cloth capes, even though, the, as you described <laughs> them, they look like the the light underlining of furniture. Is yeah, that it's a, it's a dust cover on the bottom of a sofa. Yes, yeah, yes. it looks like the exact fabric. It's, it's like super. Th- yes, it's so cheap looking. Like but exactly. Still, cloth cape. In Twenty most bucks. cases is better than a rubber cape, even if it's yeah. cheap. Last episode, we talked about how McFarland bumped their price, their base price up to twenty three. Yeah. But you can still find new stuff that's coming in at twenty bucks. Now I don't yeah. know if that's because originally it solicited back at 20 bucks when they announced it months ago but like i bought a i bought that brand new michael keaton batman for 20 bucks i bought that um fantastic oh he should have been on my list too this new mr freeze they put out oh i saw him in the box over here yeah but i didn't i didn't look at he's him. gonna be maybe my first foray into customizing because he's 
got the white armor and it's got to be blue. Oh, okay. Like, it needs to be blue. Well, don't you think that, that Todd will release it again with, with blue armor probably? I'm sure he... I hope he does, to yeah. be honest. I hope he does because it'll look better than whatever I can do. But yeah, so uh, McFarlane, Flash movie, Michael Keaton, Batman. Uh, YouTube is creaming all over this toy because they're like, we're so smart, we didn't pay $120 <laughs> to Mezco. Look how great this is. And we're like... Every review I've seen, it's the same thing. It's like, well, is it as good as Mezco? No, but it's twenty dollars. It's just all cope. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. I, I, hey, yeah. Some people don't want to spend a hundred and hundred and twenty dollars on a Batman. And speaking of spending money on Batman, shall we segue to the news? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, but we can't do the news without a very important thing first. All it is, that's fit to pride, folks. That sounds the same to me, so All right, good. I think you nailed it. Well, our first news item is appropriately the McFarland Batmobile. It's out there. People it's, got it in hand. Uh, apparently, it's showing up at GameStops and uh, Walmarts and Toys R Us, if that's a thing that you can go to. Where you live in... Uh, <laughs> Central America or Canada or something out of Puerto Rico, maybe and there's some. I, I guess that we still there's it's still yet to be proven if we were right, but I feel like this is evidence that we were right that you shouldn't overpay for this thing. You should wait and find it at retail. Yeah. I think there's gonna be literally hundreds of thousands of those things out there because it's such a popular item. Uh and they'd be fools not to. Um I but, yeah, I am waiting. I'm almost tempted to wait to see if it goes on clearance. Oh, I don't know if I would be that brave at this point, but uh, I don't know if I we'll can wait. See. Like if yeah. I, John and I, where we live, we haven't seen them in the wild. No, no, uh, I we mean, haven't if, experienced that joy. But I would. I'm sure I would have bought one. I would. If I, oh, I would have scooped, and it. I obviously would have got one yeah. for you too. But what's funny is. Um, every like all YouTube is every YouTuber's got a video reviewing it and. Everyone seems to have the same review. They're like, "Is it's great, it's great, but <sighs> the canopy." So they painted the inside of it gray instead of giving it detailing. Is that the, no. the complaint? So the Batmobile is one solid color piece of black plastic, uh -huh. but the canopy swerves forward and up, so uh -huh. you can put your figure in, and that is almost a gray. The canopy itself, the outside of the Correct, canopy is the gray. Outside, wow, yeah. that is a big yeah. fuck up. In so it's eyes. and it's just very like you look at it from the side and you're like, uh huh. Then you look at it from the top and you're like, Ugh. oh, that's a bummer. But everyone's got that same review. It's like, great, love it for the price. You can't beat it. But uh, so, if you're someone who can customize, and uh, there's a guy I work with who's been buying all the spin master stuff and and paint and show me pictures of painting it and shit yeah i think if i ever find one i'm just gonna give it to him and be like hey man just like <laughs> you hook it up dude. paint, paint, paint for me up. like which it's a simple thing like i just don't have a garage or anywhere to work um to paint stuff nor do i have really a desire to, like, that's my thing is i just I, want my things to look like i want them to look exactly like. <laughs> exactly i want to pay the amount that it costs and have it be what i want it to be from the yeah. beginning that's probably too much to hope for but 
Well, that's where I am nowadays with how picky you can get. Like it used to be just like they made a Batmobile, jizz. Yeah, like, yeah, I got a Batmobile. I don't have done. to pay two hundred dollars for the uh, Toy Biz one from or, actually or 1990. Or get like the Hot Toys one that came out. Oh God, that Jesus the. <laughs> I so wanted that thing too. I, like I watched so many videos on that. It's like longer than your coffee table. Oh yeah, it, yeah. But it's so <laughs> gorgeous. It's so magnificent. Yeah. I just want a friend who has one so I can just like go hang out. And yeah, you just gotta, <laughs> gotta get to be really good friends with Akil, and I don't yeah. know if he has it or not, but I know he has a bunch of hot toys. If so. it, yeah, if, if he has it, it's, it's not on display. It's a long term friendship. You you build the friendship and then you build his love of Batman. Yeah. And then you build his love of eighty nine Batman and, and then hot toys in hope general. That he buys that. It's a really it's a long ball. That you gotta hope. It's a long ball. Yeah, yeah. It's do you mean a long game? Sure, yeah, you played <laughs> the long you game. Go for it. <laughs> it's a droopy ball, but you it's... might end up getting a sack. I don't know. It's as accurate as any sports analogy that I've ever made, probably. (laughs) One bit of news that um, everyone seemed to be really excited about until you actually read the fine print is that Mattel and Hasbro are now doing mashups. They're joining forces to become even more of a monopoly, literally. (laughs) Hastel. So Masbro, yeah, they're and it's just it's bullshit. It's it's games. Like so, they they both make games, and um, you can get a uh, what is it? A Transformers Uno, which everyone's been (laughs) hot, like waiting on the edge of their seat for that hot ticket item. (laughs) Um, you can now get a Barbie Monopoly, and. A Hot Wheels Uno game. Oh man! Uh, so, sorry, wow, I gotta go. Wow. I gotta go to the store. Yeah, I gotta get those right now. Wow. Yeah. So I kind of my eyes kind of glazed over on this announcement because when I saw it, it wasn't any product announcements. It was no. just like, "Hey, we're excited about the possibilities," and it yeah. was all these people speculating wildly with no no reason behind it. Um. And I think that's kind of where we're still at, right? It's oh like, yeah, yeah. Nothing is. Uh, yeah, I would love to see that. some some Hasbro style He-Man figures. Oh yeah, that would be. Cool. Or, I mean, God, He-Man Star Wars. <sighs> but see, that's not. I a... don't think they will. I don't know if they could do that with Star. I wonder. Yeah, that's... how cool would that be, though? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're just wildly speculating. We we have no news, and largely no one does. There is but it's none. just that it's. And and it seems like they're really looking for a synergy because this summer both toy companies have movies coming out. Mattel has Barbie, right? right. And Hasbro has Transformers, not Beast Wars, but it's called something close to that. Rise, Rise of the Beasts. Rise of the Beasts, which I'll watch in the theater. I, I'll watch it too. Yeah. I, I yeah. I I don't know, man. I I don't want to. I don't want to get into ranting about. We, we we did a whole episode about how much we hated yeah. Bayformers. But, yeah. So that's kind of a news item, but yeah, not it's, really. It's like it's, news, it was all over. It's the funny interwebs. to me how excited people in our spheres got about it when it was basically just nothing. It was it nothing. Was, it was a it non-announcement. Was an, it, it was a what do the newscasters call it? A, a nothing burger. A nothing burger. Yeah, <laughs> a good old nothing burger. Well, but wasn't what wasn't a nothing burger? This was a something burger. Oh, we a f- big something. burger. We finally got to see the details of the the new origin Snake Mountain. 
And I know yeah. we're both really jazzed about that thing. Yeah. Um, I Origins is is my it, it fluctuates, but Origins is definitely up there with as one of my favorite current toy lines that's going on. And I love everything they've done with it has just been so great. Yeah. Um, and it it surpassed expectations. I love the little flourishes they added. Um still kind of disappointed we don't get a microphone wolf head. Yeah. But you know Maybe maybe that'll be something somebody uh, 3D prints for it or something. It'll yeah. be an add-on piece on the aftermarket. You, you get a throne for Skeletor. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look great, but if you're one of those people who can customize and paint, it's going to be uh, a heyday for you because you've got a base to work with. I just think I think it looks really good. And uh, something I, I, I actually don't know, does it come with a figure? I didn't no. see. Okay, no. so that's why that's how they got it to be still around the same price as Grayskull, who came with the sorceress. Which came with the sorceress because yeah. this the Snake Mountain clearly looks more involved, a little yeah. bigger, a little more detailed. There's more going on with it. An articulated snake, like it's but supposed no to be an actual figure. snake, giant yeah. snake. Um, I was wondering about that. Yeah. If if they had because because big deal, right? The MSRP on it. Eighty nine ninety nine. Correct. So slightly more than Grayskull. I think Grayskull was eighty when it first came out. I don't. I want to say it was close to two hundred, but I could be wrong. No, no, it was. It was okay. definitely. Oh, because it, it clearance to fifty. It got yeah. down to fifty. Yeah, yeah that's it right. was. I want to say eighty dollars, like seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah. maybe even seventy four ninety yeah. nine um, for the castle because it was a big deal that yes. it was so so cheap. Yep. Which um, I mean, you could get a brand new one with that gorgeous box art. For what a beater OG one would roughly run you with like none of oh, none of the accessories. Yeah, none of the. That's the thing because if you want the the bridge or the the uh, the shackles or any of the easily lost parts, those are worth seventy or eighty bucks by yeah. themselves. So yeah, this is this is the way to go for oh, if, yeah. if you don't have a Snake Mountain already. So I'm very looking forward to to picking that up. I don't know if I'm gonna. Everyone's got it up for for order for pre order. Yeah. Um, I I almost ordered one and then John was like, I'm waiting for clearance. I'm like, what? You were talking about a couple episodes ago how you were worried they weren't going to make enough of these. Yeah. I'm and now you're like, I'm going to wait for clearance. That so just you got shows me. You. you got me second guessing myself. It just shows you how much I like to talk and not really know what I'm saying. <laughs> but I I think what's going to happen for me is I'm going to wait for some kind of a sale because I don't know what I'm going to do with it. If it, because if it were to show up at my house tomorrow, I'd bust it open and and be playing with it, and then I'd have no idea what to do. You with put the it right back thing. in the box, and and so that's why I'm not ordering it. But I know if I walk into a store and it's sitting on the shelf, I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, it's I'm, so pretty. I'm um, yeah, I'm weak. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on really quickly is that I, since we talked about Holothon so much in previous episodes. And this is kind of a good news, bad news situation for me. And when I told John about it, he was like, duh. <laughs> is that a lot of these items for Holothon are now widely available. Like all the Mirage uh, TMNT figures. Which I mistakenly thought that stuff was going to be exclusive to Holothon. Right, right. And I was wrong. Like it's just, They're like, nope, we're releasing it to everybody. So if you were someone who you know, maybe paid extra on the secondary market because you thought you missed it. Um, it's a bit of a kick in the nuts. I mean, maybe not a full-on 
yeah, kick it's in like the nuts. half-hearted kick. It's like a graze. It's a it's a, a, like, a thwop in the nuts. Yeah, it's like someone maybe grazed the side did, of it. Did did your when you were growing up? Did your uh, friends? I'm doing quotes. Did your friends yeah. ever play the game where they would they would uh, flick each other in the balls? I knew of it, but I was not friends with those people because that was just nothing. Luckily, I was, interested in. I was always bigger than most of my friends, like physically, <laughs> so they didn't really fuck with me. But some of the people I was around would would do the the nut flicking thing. Yeah. And that that's kind of what I'm picking. This is a flick in the nuts. Okay. That's, that's a long way to go around for that analogy. But okay. I, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Flick in the nuts. But you're right. Yeah. Uh, all this stuff, clearly it's a marketing scheme to make you think that it's going to be scarcer than it actually is. Yeah. And now almost all of the stuff that was originally released as Holothon is going to be available everywhere, everywhere and anywhere that carries NECA stuff is going to be. Yeah. And that's specifically the Zog, which to me is the standout. He's incredible. If you, if you missed him, can't recommend him enough. So the, um, Herman Munster from Rob Zombie's film and also the grandpa from Rob Zombie's film, which I did not realize until researching this, that all these years I've been calling him Grandpa Munster, and that is not who he is. It's like, it's like not to get all like it's not Frankenstein, it's Actually. Frankenstein's monster. Um, he is called Count. What is he? Called? Oh, hold on a second. I looked it up. Count Vladimir. Do you, it's right. I, I I'm seeing it. Do you want Count to say Vladimir? It? "Quote unquote," Sam Dracula. So, <laughs> Grandpa Munster, which everybody calls him Grandpa Munster, right? Right. Uh, even the, the original guy was Al as. Grandpa Munster. Blah blah blah. Whatever that I forget his last name. The actor. They probably didn't flesh out his backstory at all because it didn't matter. Right? I'm sure if you're a hardcore stupid. Munsters fan, you're just like, <laughs> "No shit, Sherlock. It's not Grandpa <laughs> Munster. Herman's last name is Munster, and he's the father-in-law. Why would I'm like, I was a kid. <laughs> we what don't do need you to want? do Munster genealogies yeah. here. This so is ridiculous. This just researching this, I was like, "Oh fuck, it's just Grandpa, not Grandpa Munster." <laughs> um. So anyway, but one of the it's a a full on kick in the nuts for me and John, not a flick, was that all this stuffs from Holothon is being widely released elsewhere except for the cartoon based items, which are still Target exclusives, and that means no accessory pack. Yeah, the I guess the silver lining to it is that in in the past they have reshipped. The Holothon items that were exclusive to Target, they've reshipped them again. So there's a chance that we'll run into that accessory pack in stores again. I hope. Um, and and that's why well, I that's, never. Well, we never ran into well, it in stores yeah, ever. I guess I just mean that there's a chance that like they will ship that stuff again, even though it is Target exclusive. They'll ship it again to Target, and we'll get a chance at yeah. it. Because I did see the previous Holothon items multiple times throughout the, the year. So our final news item is going to be a bit of a rabbit hole thing, so bear with me here. <laughs> um, I was watching videos about um, Celebration for our last podcast, and I saw one of these YouTubers called Landspeeder Luke do some reviews of Indiana Jones Hasbro action series. Okay. Our adventure series. Uh, whatever the six inch line is, yeah, the the plasma series, basically. yeah, the um, <laughs> the whip series, the the least articulated they can get away with, and still call it a six inch figure series. <laughs> um, 
So he bought a bunch of the quote unquote exclusives at Celebration because it was in the UK. So I guess the American exclusivity rules did oh, yeah, not apply. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So he got um, Club Obi Wan, uh, Indiana Jones, basically Indiana Jones in the white tuxedo jacket. Right. Which I pre ordered and I'm still waiting on. I haven't seen it. That one's a Target. It was supposed target to be a Target exclusive. exclusive. Um, something that really shocked me and maybe they've announced this i just didn't realize it's going to be a target exclusive it's indiana jones and raiders of the lost ark map room indie where he's in the turban and the whites like that's that's, pretty iconic why not give me that in wave two instead of indiana jones with his shirt untucked right sloppy (laughs) yeah like they give you indie with the shirt untucked and no jacket with the monkey yeah. In wave two. Give me map room indie and make the but then they can't untucked have it. They one as an, have exclusive. It as an exclusive. Well, so that's can... what I'm saying. They should have switched them. Yeah. Like everybody's going to want, like anybody that's an Indiana Jones fan, that's one of the most iconic looks Absolutely, he has in the yeah. first movie. Yeah. He's really got two looks. He's got the jacket and the hat and then the map room. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that kind of pissed me off that I saw that. And he also had from, this is going to be another exclusive the oh what's this guy's name from uh indiana jones and the last crusade he had the um the zealot guy with the fez on kazim kazim okay. he had kazim which looks great yeah it looks like a really good sculpt he's got a pinstripe suit i definitely rec- recognize that guy and i, I almost yeah. want to say that that guy is played by somebody famous could be, uh, but it's a memorable. Like as a kid, that was a very memorable role. Absolutely, yeah. Because of the you know that boat fight scene. He's the first time a fez was ever intimidating. Because <laughs> normally you put a fez on somebody and they are not scary. <laughs> You're like Shriner? Nope. Yeah. Is like, that Abu the monkey from like Aladdin? Assassin? Nope. It's a it's a, a Christian assassin somehow. You know they dude. protect the Grail. He's he's a scary dude. Yeah. So um, and he got all of these figures for. 25 pounds which i guess is fair because they're 25 u.s dollars mm-hmm. but that shakes out to roughly 30 because this guy's from america right but he's buying there. them early so he can do the reviews and yeah the, the clicks and all but that stuff. so he paid basically 30 bucks yeah u.s for him and what it got me thinking of was he bought them from basically an online retailer who bought a booth to go to celebration right right uh, it was, what was it called? I forget the name of the store. It was like UK. It was some UK online retailer. Yeah, yeah. And they probably go to, irrelevant. Yeah, they go to conventions all over. So anyway, I'm wondering, with a, a situation like Star Wars Celebration that's like a Disney-run thing, what is it costing for a regular vendor to set up there? Because they had, you know, they had major companies like they had roosevelt's they had funko right of course hasbro yeah but just like an online retailer or a guy who sells toys like what do you think it's gonna cost yeah for a vendor booth at star wars celebration uh so just to give some context um our friend our friend that runs omega level toys he has vended at fan expo in new orleans a couple of times previously wizard world fan yeah expo, wizard world fan thing. expo I, I believe that uh one of the times he booked he booked a 10 by 10 and it was 2000 dollars 
Um, Fuck, two thousand. Two thousand dollars for a ten by ten booth. Now and that's a standard. Those prices uh, fluctuate. You yeah. know, I'm sure that they change based on how full they are, based on which guests they have, and and all of that stuff. I gotta imagine Star Wars Celebration is at least double that. How many twenty five pound figures you gotta sell to pay for that? Yeah, I mean. Jesus. There's and, a and reason I, I don't do those big oh, shows. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I probably could not sell enough to be profitable at $2,000 for the booth. I just don't know how yeah. I would ever come out ahead on that. Like I said, I went down a rabbit hole. I looked up, and you could still see the floor layout for mm-hmm. Celebration and the the vending booths. So they had 95 vendors 22 of those were tattoo artists. That's really interesting. Yeah. So they had a whole tattoo pavilion, and each tattoo artist was their own quote-unquote vendor, right? And so that means there were 73 different companies or entities at Star Wars Celebration selling things. And like I said, in that number was like Roosevelt's, Hasbro, Funko. Um, So I'm wondering the space that was left over for just the regular... I, I would bet there's not very many what no. we would call regular vendors. Ex- that's what I'm saying. If, so if how any. much are they charging those people yeah, for that yeah. premium space? Like, you do have to think though that there there are some people at these Star Wars celebration events that like that might be the only event that they go to for the next ten years of their lives. Like they might have saved up all year just for this because it's like might be a once in a lifetime occasion. Oh for, yeah, I know a lot fans. of people in their 30s and 40s that that's their thing like they celebration is their thing they go to once so you save up for that trip you go you buy multiple lightsabers you buy you know a a bunch of autographs so i wouldn't be surprised if your average celebration attendee is spending thousands of dollars you know like i mean they probably already are spending thousands of dollars on their trip so just to get there right (laughs) but you probably don't go to that and have no spending money. Oh, like, yeah. That's just probably not a thing. It's not. Yeah. So I was just curious. Your, yeah. Your I would love to know. about. It's a, it's a bit of a deviation from Con, somewhat talking. connecting to that. Uh, we've looked into vending at Pensacon, which is a fairly large event in Pensacola, Florida. Yeah. Um, they similarly to celebration, they do not post their, their booth prices on the internet. Yeah. There's a form you can fill out saying, Hey, I'm interested in vending. Yeah. Here's who I am. Here's what I sell. And then they will let you know if you're allowed yeah. to be a vendor. I so. think that's how Expo does it, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how the bigger cons do it. Um, the smaller local ones like you and I attend and all, like Showcase Comic Con coming up June 24th and 25th, oh. 2003, Slidell Harbor Center. The ones where you can actually find a good deal, find yes. a bargain, find something cool that is cheaper than eBay. Yeah. You know, where that's it's like, the place to be. Well, now that, that brings us to our, our 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 main topic of discussion, the reason that we're all here. Why well, do we? At least that collect? John and I are here. Yeah, we we came to together today to talk about the. We're gonna get to the bottom of it. We're gonna figure out why do we buy this shit. We're gonna dig. I don't know if we're gonna get to the bottom, but we sure <laughs> as fuck are gonna dig. We're gonna dig until the water starts to fill up the hole, and yep. then we're gonna glub ourselves out of here. We have to swim out, you know. So. Let me give as concise uh, an intro to this as I can, why I, I had this idea to, to discuss. Hit I know me. you already know all this, but the, the customers don't. 
the customers. The the, <laughs> now our, the truth is revealed how John really threw this uh, podcast. Our devoted following, the traumatized, they do not know what where this came from. <laughs> the traumatized. So I was uh, slipping through Facebook, and uh, this was a post in a a very hardcore Kenner Star Wars collecting group where these are the folks who know every tiny variation, every minute detail of every Kenner Star Wars figure that's ever been made. This is the eighth version of the Hong Kong Han Solo with the big head. Exactly. The variations of the weapons, you know, the I mean, literally everything. Stuff that I couldn't dream about remembering. These guys all know it. And I respect it. I respect it. Um, they were discussing the new retro uh, Return of the Jedi wave that's that's starting to ship now. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy was comparing the reissue indoor Han with the trench coat to the original indoor Han with the trench coat. And he was comparing the, the coats and could you tell the difference between the coats, their blasters, mm-hmm. the figures themselves and all that stuff. And uh, this is a this is a good service that this guy provided. But it also kind of catalyzed in my brain how I'm, I'm trying to choose my words here carefully because I'm not trying to choose wisely. offend anyone or even make fun of this person because their their concerns are real. But in this thread, they made a point to show that while the blaster and the coat are different from the original release, they are very similar. Like there's, it would be pretty easy to put that coat on a vintage Han and sell it as a complete indoor Han with the coat. A coat's like the hardest thing to find, the blaster. Those are the things that are tough to find on a vintage Star Wars figure. You can find the figures everywhere. They're a dime a dozen, but the, the accessories are where the money's at, right? So the, there were multiple replies to this guy's post of people saying, oh man, this is so scary. It's terrifying that... They're going to release these new accessories that are so similar to the ones that that we covet, the ones that are so valuable and and that make up this huge amount of our collection. Um, And so that got me thinking, if the the reproduction is so similar to the vintage item, why is it that you care that the thing that you have is not the vintage one and is a reissue? Yeah, so when you first brought this topic up... um... Like I said at the beginning, it's been percolating for a while because I originally didn't have anything to say on it. I'm just like, uh, sorry for them. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, like <laughs> tough shit. I don't know. But the, the more I thought about it, I started thinking about like, oh, we could kind of break this down into why is it that people collect and specifically look at that subject through our hobby, which is toy collecting. Yeah, And I kind of broke it down into three areas. Uh, well, I should say we did. And so it's like the first one is um, love or nostalgia. Uh, nostalgia is a type of love. Yeah, it is. And it's a, it's a very lucrative one now for toy companies. I would almost argue that that is all of it for, yeah. you know, mo- well, no, it's not all for a large, right. large right. group. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's what we collecting like said, for love, nostalgia, collecting for the profit of it, the business of it. And then there's kind of a third group of people who are motivated by the status of it. Yeah. Like, oh, I have X rare thing. Look at me. Aren't I cool? I can afford this much money for a little plastic 
phaser and that, our little plastic gun aren't i special and that's one of the things in in this specifically with the vintage star wars and i'm sure it's true of of many other vintage properties that people collect uh lots of these guys will will just hoard these these vintage parts they'll have uh they'll be proud to show you that they collect nothing but the imperial dignitary you know it's like <laughs> one of the last 14 figures that was released. or they only buy bosk or they well, but Bosk is, is <laughs> worthless, basically, right? So yeah, I mean, I do, I do. Until you Bosk's. corner the market, and I got a, I got a long way to go on cornering <laughs> the Bosk market. But yeah, the, the truth of it is that the reason why people collect the things that they do often are because it, it's a combination of things. Well, let's get into it. Let's, so yeah, let's talk about. Let's it. start with what I think where you and I overlap the most, and what led to us being here talking right now is just our love for toys and our deep abiding uh love for the nostalgia that these toys provide for us yeah and even though john is a seller he's one of those dirty sellers too that's right he you came to your business from your like you started out as a collector exactly yeah and then you're just like hey uh i'm going to every dirt cheap and I'm, i'm checking out every walmart clearance sale like I can start kind of selling this stuff and buy more toys that I want off why, the profits. Uh, why don't we give a quick a quick rundown of what got us into collecting as an adult? How did we just as as quick All as right. we can? Because I know we both are super long winded talkers yeah, so, when it comes to this stuff. Well, I mean, what brought me to it was Star Wars. Uh, yeah, Th- that is what got me into quote unquote collecting. Right. So when I was a kid, I, I I've said this on a previous podcast. I our family moved when I was about five, which was uh, when I had all my big, I was lucky, I had a lot of big Star Wars vehicles. And my family was like, you got to sell like half your toys. We're not moving all this stuff. <laughs> so like me as a kid, I'm just thinking like, well, okay, all my Star Wars shit is large. So if I just sell that, then I won't have to sell all my G.I. Joe figures and all my other stuff. So... You made a reasoned decision. As a five-year-old me, yeah. What a fucking moron. <laughs> right? And I've just been regretting it ever since. I've just spent the last 39 years trying to make up for that mistake, five, uh, what a five-year-old me did. So when I got to actually collecting was, I think when a lot of us did, we when the re-releases came out, the Star Wars re-releases, the, the special editions. Special editions, yeah, thank Yeah, leading you. up to the Phantom Menace yeah. and all that. You know, Hasbro started releasing new Star Wars figures. Right. And then everybody was that age were like, if I'd only kept my Han Solo in his box, I would now be able to pay for college. <laughs> so I just bought one of every figure and I was hanging it up like I had pegboard in my room. I was just hanging them up with push pins and then putting the little tag on the push pin and hanging it up yeah. as a wall display. And then the ones I really liked I was like, well, I'll buy a second one to open. And then there, they just snowballed from there. <laughs> so was this like Power of the Force, uh, stuff like that? Or, or was, was that it the with Phantom the, um, I, I skipped a lot of the Power of the Force, that the early ones, because they were like buff. Yeah, they were horrible. Yeah, yeah. I skipped a lot of those. But... I, I was chasing a lot of those, uh, like, because, you know, they had all the variations, the long, mm-hmm. long tray, short saber. Oh, All no, that I wasn't in that. Absolute nonsense. But, I was so like, I bought an R2. The, the I bought card, like, like those blue card backs that came out where they were doing a lot of the classic trilogy stuff. 
Yes. And then when the red card backs for episode one mm. came out, I really liked how those characters looked and got way into that. Nice. Yeah. So uh, I got a lot of <laughs> I got a lot of those in bins. Dude, uh, those, like everyone else. Those are such fun toys though. The little contact yeah. chips and all that stuff. Like that's when I f- got into like I said, I'd buy two, one to keep it on display and one to open. So what kind of got you? Well, my my childhood history is somewhat similar to yours where at some point I sold off all or most of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and then but I've I've always been kind of into the nerd world buying things here and there transformers whatever star wars i had the same thing when as you said with when uh leading up to episode 1 mm-hmm. i definitely bought into some of that stuff but yeah. i didn't really get the merchandising uh, aggressively onslaught. start collecting until the gi joe 25th anniversary toys started ah. coming out um when those got released they were updated versions of the toys so i could convince myself that these were these were cool because yeah. they were better than the old ones. Yeah. Uh, they came on card backs that looked really similar to the vintage card backs, so it really got that nostalgia bone. Um, and then that fed into me looking at toy forums, buying and selling on the toy forums. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I found out about Motu Classics, the the Matty Collector toy line. We all know that hole that and dug for yourself that was, there. Yeah. That was my first taste of FOMO. Yeah. Uh, where if you don't know what that means, the fear of missing out, it's something that's heavily pushed these days in, in toy collecting Thanks and for toy explaining everything John. really. Right. Like, I mean, concerts now are very big time, a FOMO thing where you better get that ticket or it's going to be 10 times as much, um, shoes, clothes. I mean, everybody's using it as, as a, a bully marketing technique and, uh, Motu classics, they hooked me hard those bigger versions of the, the He-Man toys that I, I loved as a kid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that hooked me. And from there it was just, I, everything that I bought, everything I saw, I wanted it. And I, yeah. So probably around 20, 10, between 2010 and 2012 is when I really started just like, accepting the fact like oh i collect toys now like i always went to the toy aisle uh-huh i would always go into toys r us if i had a, a chance when it was open r.i.p um i do miss them because it just it gave me like a good feeling like i liked looking at all the toys but i didn't necessarily need feel the need to buy them and then i started seeing stuff like uh maybe i hate to admit this but like funko the yeah, pops yeah and I'm like, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would see a new Ghostbuster well, toy I, or anything. That's one of the things we so, talked about is yeah. the strengths of Funko. Yeah, so I started yeah. buying some of those, and I started, you know, looking at the Black Series and like, oh, this is, it's pretty fucking cool. Like, oh, by I the guess time I'm the Black it. Series started coming out, I was already, yeah, I was already fucked. And um, <laughs> I, I I skipped on all those Joes. Because I kind of kept most of my Joes. Yeah. And I felt like I already got all the, for lack of a better word, all the joy mm-hmm. I was going to get out of those figures because I played with them so much as a kid. Like, So I started buying stuff that I either always wanted as a kid, but they didn't make. Right. Or right. stuff I didn't have but wanted. Yeah. So 
that has led to me just like buying whatever I think is cool, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and that's when you run into like, oh, fuck me. Like we're, <laughs> I just have like a giant bin of stuff and then I've got another bin and oh, my display room is now just a storage room. And oh, fuck <laughs> I'm displaying me. these bins full of toys. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so it's very relatable. Yeah. That's that's where my toy collecting passion comes from. Um yeah. That's the, my origin story. I, I mean my very similar very similar for me and yeah, like you said, with the Joes, you the, never got them. The yeah. Joes that was I, I got I was able to get new versions of the ones that I that I either had or wanted. Yeah. Same with the He Man stuff, uh, and that fed into Star Wars. Yep. Uh, they just you know NECA started off with all the video game and horror figures, and that was impossible to pass up getting, you know, big articulated versions of the Predator and all oh, of yeah. that shit. The um, first. NECA thing I ever bought was the T-800 from Terminator 2, the Arnold Schwarzenegger with the mm. giant Gatling mm. gun. And I was like, That's fuck a great me. Starter. I'm like, holy, sh-. like they <laughs> made that? Like, god damn. He's just about so, perfect. Too. Yeah, He's and then so I bought good. the T-1000 and um, it was so great, like the splayed open body with the silver paint yeah. on the inside yeah. and the oh, head man. blown open with the little hole in the eye. You can that see thing through. with the swappable torso and you can attach yes. his different limbs yeah. onto the, the ball joints. The giant of, oh, monster that so he was. Good. Yeah. yeah. So, so that got me into NECA. And then once the the Turtles 2-packs hit, uh-huh. I, was fu- I was hooked. So I was... some of the first NECA things I ever bought were the Mirage Turtles when they first came out way back. When they were in Walmart on the toy aisle pegs. Yeah, so I found mine at Media Underground Comics ah. in, in Metairie, um, which doesn't exist doesn't anymore. Exist, yeah. He had uh, two of the Turtles, and then I couldn't find the other two Turtles anywhere. They were all insanely expensive. Yeah. And so I ended up trading someone the two turtles that I had that were the single card versions mm-hmm. for a four pack and paying extra for it. Cause he was trying to get the single card versions and all I wanted was to have the four turtles. The four turtles. So, so this is a good point. Um, one thing that I think is a thread throughout all these different areas of collecting that we're going to discuss mm-hmm. is the hunt. That's true. That the is true. hunt is real. And There's say always... what you want about gender and genetics, but like, dudes like to f- to hunt for shit. Like we like to, like, <laughs> find like, oh, this needs to be found. I have found it. I am successful. And it's really just like a stupid toy that's they made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They made like eight million I've, of. I've provided know? for my family. I've gotten the last turtle that I was missing. Yeah, but it's uh, that's super real. Though. It's a very real thing. Yeah, and yeah. there's even people. <laughs> it used to annoy me, but now I just find it funny when they're like, "I am the lion. I have found this toy first. and they're just like very braggadocious <laughs> and just like puffing each other up on these um, Facebook. It's groups definitely and stuff. become a meme in that one group that I know. Yeah, yeah, but uh, and. It's kind of funny. It's just funny to me. Like, look what I have found. <laughs> like Tim Toolman Taylor. Like, <laughs> it's it's really true though. Like yeah. that's that is one of the hardest things to fight is that urge to always be looking for something new. Yes. Even if there's not something out there that you really really want. Yeah. You end up buying something. That's something we've mentioned a few times. Oh, where yeah. It's like, oh well, you go in the store looking for X. 
it's not there, but you got to satisfy that that get. urge. Yeah. And so you just buy something. You got to fill that need. That was on the shelf. Why I got fucking Jersey Red from yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from NECA. I, that's why I have multiple Power Rangers Lightning Collection figures because uh, I, oh, they didn't have what they I make wanted. They your top 10 list. They had Porky Pig, though, or whatever. <laughs> Porky Pig. It's not Porky Pig. I know. Pudgy Pig. Pudgy Pig. Porky Pig's Pig better. In there. That's much better. The, um, yeah, so I think the hunt drives all aspects of this. Whether, Absolutely. So. That that tendency to overhunt is what led me into selling. the collecting for profit and yeah. the selling. Um, I have always been a person that overbuys things. Uh, my wife is the same way. We we will tend to stock up on a good deal. Yeah. And so often I would be hunting and I would find something at a really good price mm-hmm. and I would just buy all of them instead yeah. of just buying what I wanted or buying one for me and a friend. Yeah. I have to get every single one of them. And so eventually I had so much stuff that I had to start selling some stuff off. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it actually worked out pretty well. It turned out that I was pretty good at finding deals and I was really good at pricing things fairly to where it was still a good deal for the person who was buying it. And I was able to yeah. make profit. And so that's what that's what led me to starting a business where that's what I do is yeah. basically sell off my extra toys. Which I, I think I love. And this is another thing, too, that we can touch on with collectors is the haggle, the barter. Mm. I love the barter. I love the haggle. You not so much. I hate it. You hate it. You're uh, just like, guys, I really thought about this. It's a fair price. Please just pay my price. Rob's like, <laughs> I, don't, I got this argument over $2.50. You did. And John was there. And the look on his face was just like, <laughs> am I in an alternate reality? Like, is the Matrix glitching right now? I'm glad that it, that, that came off on my face because I, was, <laughs> I definitely was trying not to show that. But it was just so. It was so evident. I was enjoying it. I was relishing it. And, um. Long story short, I I ended up finding the two fifty and change, and and I got I got my toy. I'm so glad you got your toys. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. But so yeah, the I think the barter, the hunt, the haggle, uh, the price game, those all thread throughout these three different aspects that we're we're talking about. And yeah. so obviously, if you love something and you're buying it because you just really want it, you're you're going to be okay with paying more. And and you're going to be happy regardless of how yeah. how much that item loses value. Oh yeah, like if you um if you got a blob tattoo on your chest, you're like $56, sign me Fuck up. Yeah, I'm buying me four. up, bitch. I, I want one for each room of my house. <laughs> Before we move on to our next aspect of collecting, is there anything you really wanted to touch on with love and nostalgia or No, not not really. Um I you know, I, I I still would agree with you that that is the majority of why I buy what I buy. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that there that it has ebbed and flowed over time. Yeah. But yeah, if if what you're buying is something that you you love, then you're never gonna go wrong. Oh yeah. As like, long as what you're collecting is stuff that strikes that nostalgia chord yeah. in your heart, then you you just can't go wrong. I, and I think that's one reason why there's such a love hate relationship with us in super seven because mm-hmm. they've they're making characters we really they have so many love, licenses that and they they have a lot of great sculpts but there's just like for the price they're just not hitting 
the marks where they should. And, yeah. I, and I love the fact that I could still shit on Super 7 in every <laughs> podcast. But but we love it. I almost bought a um, their Mad Hatter today. Um, oh, that's the new Disney line? Yeah, they had it, like, Entertainment Earth. Like, it's retails $55, but they're, like, hot off the truck, 46 bucks. So <laughs> my brain is like, oh, I, I like that Mad Hatter, but... A sale, a sale, a sale, a sale! Yeah, but I'm like, if they're charging 46 right out the gate, Come November, it's gonna be thirty, thirty eight, yeah, maybe. So I was like, do I forty six dollars love the Mad Hatter versus getting him <laughs> on sale more? So that's kind of I think that kind of segues into the profit, yeah, aspect of collecting because our first podcast was about how much the cost of this thing you're buying, even though you want it and you're not even buying it for profit or flipping purposes is the money you pay versus the joy that it brings you. Yeah. And that's a very subjective thing. Well, and money, you know, uh, you're, you're spending money, your, your leisure funds, every, it's always limited. It doesn't matter unless you're somebody with infinite money, everybody has a budget that they're spending on their fun. And the more you spend on one specific thing, less things you're going to be able to buy. So that's less fun as a whole. And, and look, I want to say something before we say anything else right up front. If, if the thing that, that motivates you to collect toys or whatever you collect is profit, that's a hundred percent. Okay. We are not here to tell you that that's wrong or to tell you that you're a lesser collector. If that's why you collect, if that's, what's fun for you is trying to, to get something for a, for a price. And then later on down the line, make a profit off of it or feel like you bought it at a good deal and that feels like you made profit, if that's what's pushing you to collect, that's okay, as long as you understand that that's where you're at. Yeah, and don't try and hide it. Yeah, don't don't pretend like you love this thing because it's old and you loved it as a yeah. kid. Be honest with yourself that the reason you like Blue Snaggletooth is because he's rare. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people out there who are like, well, I just, I collect Blue Snaggletooth because, you know, when I was little, I got the Sears can- uh, Cantina set and, uh, you know, my dog ate my blues. I don't know. You don't make up a story. I, the I reason some... you like it is because he's worth $300. Yeah. yeah. I have some comments on this I'm going to bring up in a second, but it's, it's mostly about the hypocrisy and hypocrites in mm-hmm. general, like whether it be collecting or anything in life. So um, one thing that I want to bring up here is that John and I are friends, but I am not in the same sphere as him technically because I don't have the luxury of solely shopping for uh, profit purposes. Like I can't say like, "Mm, maybe I kind of like this toy, uh, but if I don't, I can always sell it in my shop or at a convention because John's got that luxury. I, I don't. That doesn't necessarily stop me from buying more <laughs> shit than I need. But It definitely leads me to buying shit that I shouldn't buy, too. <laughs> right? So I just don't have that luxury, um, and I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I struggle with that because it's very hard to go in and, like you said, you're on the hunt. You're looking for that... Uh, NECA accessory pack, and then you see, oh, here's that whole Conchu Bath Wave on sale for seven fifty. I already own it. I I love the Conchu Bath, but oh wow, can I can I trade this for 
12 bucks each, 15 bucks each. Should I buy it? Where am I going to put it? Uh, and then you get into this for-profit mode. You come out of the collecting nostalgia mode and your brain is now like, oh, I can turn my hobby into a money-making scheme. But then it becomes work. Right. It's not a hobby anymore. Yeah. And I think that could lead to bitterness and anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Well, every time you go into a store and you buy that extra wave that's on clearance and then it just sits in your house and you never do anything with it, it's not profit, right? No. You, you lost no. all that money because yeah. you, you know, and, and I've, I've had that happen tons of times. I have tons of what I call inventory. Mm-hmm. That's just bins of action figures. No one wants, you know? So, uh, just because I do have that, that outlet doesn't mean I use it like yeah. I should. So, you know, after I was talking about this whole brain switch while you're in store from love to nostalgia to shopping for profit. And John and I had a whole discussion on this, which we might put up in its own podcast. We, we did a Facebook live stream of this about what is the difference between a scalper versus a flipper. Yeah. And just the summation of it is we basically came to the conclusion that a lot of people are both, but the shitty thing is when someone is a scalper and they're not owning up to it. They're trying to hide behind X, Y, or Z excuse. Like you said, like, Oh, Hey man, I, I saw you got this for $15. Can I get it from you for 12? It's for my personal collection. It's for my personal it's collection. It's for my son. Oh, God. Oh, when people get their kids involved, that is a real bugaboo. Like, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, there's certain people. It's like, you know, I'm really looking for this for, for my son. Um, what what can you give me on it? And you're, and you're like, okay, uh, all right, sure, sure, sure. Instead of me making $5 on this toy, I'll make two. And I'll give you a $3 discount. Yeah. And then you see that person in another week or less selling it for more than what you originally were going to charge them. Yeah, dude, that that is one of the many reasons why uh as you mentioned before, I hate haggling. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to set my item at a fair price and just sell it for that so that people can walk up, look at it and go, "Hey, that's a good deal." and they'll buy it. Now, yeah. I have come to terms with the fact that that's impossible. Yeah. That's not possible, but if I could live in this dream world where we don't haggle that would fully eliminate that bullshit of, Oh, it's for my kid or, Oh, it's for Uh this. And no, it's for you to go and make $5 off of it. Yeah. It's like, don't, don't come at me. Like, like I can understand if you're a dirty scalper, that's just going to be a tactic a dirty scalper uses. But you know what? Don't get all butt hurt when we call you out as a dirty fucking scalper, (laughs) you know? Uh, yeah. If you're someone who's like, like John is going to like, spend his time and his gas and his energy to go out and search for toys at discounts and then sell them to you for less than the original retail anyway, that is his job. Like that's your job. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's much different than like going around to a toy show and, you know, trying to save like $15 and just using your kid as an excuse or using the whole scalper thing is generally is more about like necessities and like things or that FOMO things or that FOMO. you, but well, what I mean is you're everybody, every scalper is a flipper, right? 
but not every eh. flipper is a scalper. Yeah. Eh, because sure. everyone a flipper is someone who's trying to sell an item for more than they paid for it. That's yeah. the easiest definition. The scalper thing, I think, has more to do with either cornering the market where you buy up all of them. You're you're making it. Yeah. You're creating a, a market where you can sell your item for more than it's worth. Or it's price gouging. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So yeah. that's that's the negative uh, terminology with with scalping or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that definitely got. I th- uh, hopefully it came to a peak during the pandemic. Hopefully it doesn't get any worse. Yeah. There's been a lot of people trying to find extra money because they either, they lost their job or they can't work the way they used to, or they're just home more than they were. And so they see that as an easy outlet to make more money. Yeah. And Um, then the scalpers took advantage of that because the shipping issues we had pretty much all the way to the end of 2022. That's true. There was a lot of stuff that just didn't show up. It rarely comes on a shelf. So they, you know, it's like when the um, the Motu Origins sorceress first showed up, people were uh, flipping her left and right. Yeah, and she's literally been sitting on pegs you for the past six months. Yeah, and um, I just thought that was funny where people were saying like, well, "I got the Motu Origins sorceress here for uh, forty five dollars <laughs> shipped, 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 shipping guys. included, shipped." And that's when back when Origins were going for sixteen bucks retail. Yeah, those are yeah. still sixteen bucks at, at at Walmart. Those at didn't most get Walmarts, hit with yeah. the price bump. Um, so <laughs> that's just an example of how scalpers can be dirty scumbag motherfuckers. And okay, if that's what you're in it for, if if part of if like you love hunting and finding this thing that people want, and then raising the price to the absolute maximum profit you can get. Congratulations, you're a little mini Hasbro, and um, you're <laughs> well, part of the fucking problem with this and every other. That's that's not what I collector. mean to defend though. Like I I actually don't think if if all you're in it for is like okay, this is something I say to people about my business all the time. I could make money a whole bunch of different ways. There's there's a lot of other ways that I could make money that would be infinitely more profitable than selling toys on the internet. All right. The reason I do it is because I love them. I love, I like the, um, the feeling that you get from making someone else happy. Like when I sell you a toy that you're happy with the price, you're Mm -hmm. excited to get the item and it's, it's something you've been looking for. You are thrilled. And I am, I get to feed off of that emotion a little bit. I get to enjoy that. Dirty parasite. I'm, I'm Colin Robinson, basically. <laughs> Except <laughs> instead of frustration, vampire. it's happiness. It's I'm happiness. a happiness vampire. It's a jolly vampire. It's like, uh, it's like the monsters from Monsters, Inc. There make, you go. I make people happy, and that feeds Bottle me. Bottle up that laughter. So just that powers your. That's why whole I chose world. to do this. That's why this is what I do for for a living. Uh, is because I get to make people happy. If all you're doing is buying stuff completely cynically, like whatever the most popular item is, I'm buying it up. I'm selling it for double on eBay. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't care for that. <laughs> I think that kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, but if you're someone who. You collect CGC slabs, you know, and you love that you have this really expensive comic book. And that's why you love it is because it's worth a lot of money. That's okay. Like, it's okay to love things because they're valuable. um, But you should just be honest with yourself about it. But one one thing that's always stuck with me, because the first thing I really did collect was comic books Uh before I got into toys. Like, I always, you know, as a kid, obviously I loved toys. I played with them. Um but I collected comics roughly 
from about like, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade mm-hmm. uh, up until about like, you know, I don't know, I was in college mm-hmm. and then I kind of went away and now I just buy random stuff, you know, but anyway, so um, one of the things one of my friends loved to say to me, he was my best friend, he, you know, he sadly passed away when I was in college, but mm. he like, I would be so excited. I was like, dude this Spider-Man number one is worth X number of dollars. And he would love to say this to me. I know his parents had to say it to him because no way he came up with this as a kid. He'd be like, it's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's anything dumbass. That's like true. the only reason milk is $5 a gallon is because someone's willing to pay $5 a gallon for it. That's true. That's called uh, it, it's supply and demand. It's like if the demand is less than the supply, then the cost goes down. It's the, I mean, money's and made up. We made so it up. yeah, he was not one of these people I could impress with my collection, <laughs> you know, like the value, which right, I think right. for anyone who collects, that's gotta be in your mind somewhere. Like it's totally some, like you said, some people it's at the forefront. That's like what drives them to keep collecting that's what drives them to trade and sell mm-hmm. is the like, oh, I have this extremely rare uh, mail-away Kenner set, which I have the x-rays for the box. The box <laughs> has never been opened. I have the, the box has been x-rayed. It proves that these are the three figures what, what in I'm, here. What I'm buying here is a cardboard box with the words Jawa, Tuscan, Sand People, and, and something Someone else who's been long dead, their on... address on, on the box. You know, but that's at, cool as hell, right? If you know what that I is, I don't know if that's cool as hell, but I, not I to me. But for some people, it's yeah, it's it's like that corner of collecting that's so strange and specific that like the people who know what it is, like, but you can't get any cooler than that. I right? think that's what fuels a lot of people's interest in collecting anything, right? Yeah, whether it be comics, sports memorabilia, shoes. Uh, well, Basically, and, anything that can be sold at an online auction. Right, uh, right. The, the reason there's TV shows about it, the, the reason that there's Pawn Stars, and um, there's a new Netflix show called King of Collectibles that just came out yeah. about this guy who go And it, it's really kind of funny, all the middlemen that go through. Uh, if you haven't seen King of Collectibles, it's just interesting to watch how that... Um, it, it's a very... Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't it's not I a well-produced it. show. Yeah, it's 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 trying to be a lot of different things at once, but um, it's interesting to see how that auction works and uh-huh. how like how many people an item can go through. There's obviously people that like, hey, I, f- you know, I, I opened up this and I got an Anthony Hardaway, f- uh, Panini, blah blah blah, gold foil rookie, da da da, and <laughs> you know. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll auction that for you, and we'll take a whatever seventeen percent commission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people who have liked call these this auction house up, and they're doing it because someone brought it to their shop, and they're like, oh, I can't sell it at my shop for what it's worth, so I'm gonna be the broker to this golden guy. <laughs> and so there's like four a chain of four people before it actually gets Everybody to the takes a person who wants to buy it. Yeah. And when you're dealing with thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, like some of these collectibles go for, uh, then I think it becomes more about status, which yeah. is kind of our, our last little leg of this why we collect discussion. 
Right. Yeah. And that ties right into the, the big dollar items yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, there's so many people that the reason that they want to have something is because it will elevate them in the eyes of others. Status, Correct. as you said. Yeah. Um, the value is its value. I, I know one of the reasons I started collecting Motu Classics is because so many people were raving about how cool they were and actually how hard to get they were if you didn't have the subscription. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was like, oh, well, if I can post pictures of my... You know, oh, I have Battle Cat and He Man. Look at that; those aren't even available anymore. Look at look how cool am I that I have those cool classics dude. Battle Cat. So that was a huge part of it, and definitely led to me buying a lot of stuff that I I don't even know why why do I have this? You know, it's like <laughs> what what am I doing with this? Uh, I'm trying to think of a, of like a specific like non He Man example. Uh, uh fuck. Mm, of something you bought just because Some, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, like quote unquote. like modern things that I bought were because they were hard to find, you know. Um almost anything NECA turtles from 2000 to from 2020 to uh 2020 too, so like, like all of the November. sort of tertiary characters that you didn't really have a lot of love for, but well, you like got remember them to how hard it was to get that Casey Raff two pack? Oh, absolutely. But I mean, that like I wanted that, you know, like yeah. I wanted that because okay. I wanted so you're saying Casey. something, something yeah, that you bought because like... it was hard to find, you know. I don't know. I, I've definitely bought like extra foot soldiers, even though I don't have a display space for more foot soldiers. I've definitely bought extras of stuff. Yeah. That I wanted because I found it and it was hard to find, like that Casey two pack, that that Keldor Cronus. Oh yeah, definitely that, that one. That was I bought like multiples of. so hard to find, and like when you finally did come up on a an aisle of them, and you're just like, or, or a, a peg of them, uh, you're just like, oh fuck, should I get four of these? Exactly. <laughs> like I could trade these, um, and now I have three of them that I'm just like, what am I gonna do with? Because they've been on clearance for forever. Yeah, they're still on target. I, I think I still have like eight or nine of those that I picked up when they were on clearance. Yeah. because I'm like, uh, it's two sixteen dollar <laughs> figures for sixteen bucks. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I got a, I got a couple that. for sixteen bucks, so I'm like, well, shit. You know, it's if I sell them for twenty. I mean, that's it's arguably the best Skeletor they've made. That's such a great Skeletor. He, he's really good, but they made so many of them that will there ever be a demand for them? Well, we they. Don't know. They shipped so few, and everybody wanted one who was collecting Origins, and you couldn't get them. And then the price got jacked up by scalpers. Yep. And then, about a year later, <laughs> all the shipments, all the shipments came up. in, and they've been on the shelves for a year after that. I also imagine a bunch of the people who bought them to scalp or flip probably yes. returned them after they yep. saw them. So there's even more of them yep. I imagine that have that been well. sitting there. So yeah. so something that I think is a really important element of collecting nowadays yes. that, that I don't hear a lot of people talk about, I think there's a lot of people who are embarrassed that they're collecting what is essentially children's toys, mm-hmm. even though they're made for the adult collector. Action figures. These are still children's toys, right? It's like, not a doll. It's an action figure. And instead of just coming to terms with the fact that they like childish things and that's okay, mm-hmm. they have to say, well, you know, that's worth $100. You know, that, oh, well, that's not a toy. That's a masterpiece transformer. It's $250. And they can't just be comfortable owning yeah. childish things 
they have to hide it behind what it's worth. I don't come across as many of those people nowadays. Like you, you were still coming across those people. Yeah. I think there's a lot of very fragile people in our community. And this is one of the things that I, that I, I am a little bit hesitant to talk about because I'm not trying to attack anybody. I'm really not. All I want is for the people who we're just calling out what the, what the community is looking like now. And you're bringing something to my attention. I didn't realize. I mean, that was something I would have said, in, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. When I was buying um, my Star Wars figures, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm displaying them because have you seen what exactly. the 1982 exactly. Han Solo was going for? So like, here, here's, in 20 here's... years, I'm gonna be able to pay off my student debts with this figure, man. <laughs> so that was a defense mechanism I would have because I displayed them. You know, on my wall, in my I, I college think age. I there's a lot of people did. our age, and definitely younger. But I think there's a lot of people our age that are still embarrassed to, that they like this stuff. Yeah. And all I want to say to those people, if you're listening to us and you're someone who has felt defensive about is deleting their this podcast from your history because you don't want your significant other to see it exactly when it comes up. just own it man just like it's your hobby it's everybody your joy. likes something that someone else thinks is stupid just because someone else thinks it's stupid doesn't mean it's stupid if I, you like it it's cool one thing i really love is in our lifetime the paradigm shift of the nerd mm-hmm. so what i even as a kid i didn't understand this double standard and hypocrisy where it's like if I want to wear a Star Wars shirt and talk about how much I love Star Wars, I am a freak. I'm a nerd. But if you want to wear your sports team shirt yeah. and paint your face yeah, and go hang out with people normal. who also do that, then you're a jock. You're a cool guy. Yeah, that's totally You're normal. normal. You're average. <laughs> so just the whole paradigm shift in our lifetime within you know the past yeah. 30 years where uh, nerd culture has become pop culture – Thanks to superhero films. Everybody wants to shit on superhero films. I got, fuck you, Martin Scorsese. Like, (laughs) like, this is our time. Like, I loved your films then. I loved your films now. But don't go shitting on them just because we can now, like, have mainstream. And that's another thing. A lot of people that I I come across, like, our age are kind of bitter. They're like, fuck, man. Like, all these people like to. It's kind of like when you found. It's Kurt Cobain. Yeah, when you're a high school kid. (laughs) You found your band, yeah, and you were yeah. cool because you liked that band, and the other people didn't know. I used to be right, right in the middle. I would, I would stop listening to music if too many people. Yeah, were listening and then to all it. of a sudden, um, Blink One Eighty Two <laughs> is on MTV. Uh, what was that show? Oh God, Total Request Live. M- <laughs> Blink One Eighty Two is on TRL with Justin Bieber, and. Uh, you're like, man, I can't like the sellouts. They're fucking sellouts. Um, there's so, a there's a really funny. I'm the uh, go sorry. ahead. No, no, go finish. Your I'm thing. gonna say I'm the opposite of those guys that that dislike what they love becoming mainstream because I love talking about what I love. Yeah, and it's just more. The friends. more people, I, yeah, the more people I can share it with. Like I, one of the reasons I don't feel the need to still buy comics is because, uh. Not so much now, like after the pandemic, you know, there's been a big downsizing in the comic book shops that are around. Mm -hmm. And even the ones that are around are having to kind of pivot and 
You can't just be comics. You can't just be yeah. a comic shop. You got to sell toys, cards. Yeah. You got to be a collectible shop almost right. now to, to, to be a brick and mortar. And um, I just love going and hanging around, talking with the person behind the counter. Somebody would come in. I'd be like, oh, hey, man, you buy X-Men. What's going on? Like, yeah. And just hearing about the characters I used to read about and obsess over, like, what's going on with them now? Like, oh, okay. And then this thing called the internet came along, and I could just do that online with people and forums and stuff. And Have, have you ever uh, have you ever had a, uh, an experience similar to that at a toy store? Like... Like at a at Walmart or Target or something. I that's how I I don't see him as much anymore. But we got a, a mutual friend friend named Robert. Uh, that's how I first kind of started talking with him. Like I would run into him at Toys R Us and Walmart and Target. Oh, that's interesting. And um, I was like, oh yeah, I saw you that at that Target before, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, I buy, I buy this and that and that. It's only it's rare. It's 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 much rare. See, I the my my experience has been very much that I see the other people as competition. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that I'm I'm like if I see another guy who looks kind of like me or who's wearing a nerdy t-shirt or something and they're heading towards the NECA aisle, the NECA section at you Target, quicken your pace. Put pull up, pull a gas in my yeah. Get get there before them. And most of the time they like go look at baby clothes and I feel like an idiot. But um, I have run into what I'd like to do is eavesdrop. Oh. I there's a lot of guys our age, you know, in their in their forties and maybe older, and they're just kind of doing what I used to do. They're just looking at the toys, yeah, and they'll have conversations. Like the other day, I heard one. They saw the McFarlane uh, Keaton unmasked Batman, and they were just talking about like, yeah, like you know, there's a movie about that. He's coming back, and and they were just talking like. To, like neat. like you would about like a sports team or right, right. you know local politics or whatever like but it was this hobby and toys toy collecting brought them to that and I like that we we're lucky we have a local toy store yeah yeah where now, that's I do kinda, get into conversations yeah. at, at Omega Level Toys and at Showcase yeah with people exactly. from time to time there's so that toy store has a very comic store vibe to me with what the comic store was to me in the 90s and two, early 2000s, like the aughts, is what the, you know, the the local toy store is for me now. Because that's just where my collecting has shifted. It's shifted yeah. from comics to to toys. And I, I'm gonna obviously try. we love to talk about it because we're sitting here yeah. <laughs> recording it. I'm yeah. going to try. I'm going to make this, this uh, commitment to try and be more welcoming to people in the to in Target and Walmart and stuff. If I see somebody around that looks like they're going after what I'm after, I'm gonna wait and see what they get. And then if they get something that I want, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, that's a cool pickup. You gotta, you got something sweet." And they're like, just gonna be I, like, "Whatever, freak! I'm buying it for my kid." <laughs> and you're like, "Why do you have two of them?" <laughs> I'll shrivel up and die right there on the spot. That'll be the end of me. I'm kind of like you though. Like I'll if I see people in the toy aisles and. Like, I might grab, if there's one of something I kind of might want, I'll grab it and I'll hold on to it and walk around with it. And sure. Then, and well, then decide. And that's a that's a problem with toys right now is that so many of the things that come out, you get one or two of everything. Mm -hmm. And once it's gone, you never see it again. So it's, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's that fucking FOMO shit that they're forcing on us. That, that actually plays right into uh, one of our points here. So, yeah, that whole interaction in the toy aisle... 
I'm not saying you should really not hold yourself to that commitment because that's a beautiful thing, man. I hope you do it. But also, I think when I run into people in the toy aisles, mostly it's dirty scalpers. It's it's people trying to or people trying to be, you know, me first. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I got it yeah. first. And so they buy if there's like three of an item and they buy all three, you know what's going on. Right. Yeah. You know what's going on. They're not army building the yeah. unmasked Michael Keaton Batman. <laughs> Sometimes I used to feel a little um, guilty about that because we text each other all the time. Like, hey, man, did you want this? Was this a yeah. figure you're looking for? And there's a couple other people we both message mm-hmm. about stuff like that. And so, yeah, you might literally legitimately be buying three toys for three different people. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's funny because... I think the same way. That guy's a scalper. That guy's a scalper. But I'm sure other people see us in the toy aisle doing the if same thing. If they do, yeah. And they probably think, oh, that guy's a scalper. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm looking up this item on eBay or whatever. You know, yeah. like, that's a scalper. So, Or it's always kind of funny, too, if you get to the register and they're like, oh, is this guy worth something? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, is there a cart? Is there a box of these yeah, in the back? For real. <laughs> that you didn't, like, that you saw and you didn't realize? Are you going to start... Um, hiding or hoarding items you um you retail employee yeah it's that's a thing and i think that leads into status or that bleeds into status because it's it's kind of like oh i got it first where it's like more are gonna ship well so you talked before about uh about youtubers and reviewers and oh, stuff yeah yeah and we know that's a huge drive to get things first yep um and we know that that's uh, there's a lot of folks who they don't collect things that they like. They collect things that they know other people are going to want. Yes. And so there's a lot of people who buy Status stuff whores. from like AliExpress or Alibaba or whatever so that they'll get it weeks before. They will they may pay three times what it costs so that they Retail, can be the yeah. first ones to get it. Um, but then there's also the people, the smaller level people who are just, they will drive to every Walmart as soon as something new is coming out, they'll drive to every Walmart in a tri-state area to buy up this brand new item, whatever it is. It's the call of the hunt. So they can be the, the call of the hunt. Fifteenth person to post a YouTube review of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> the lions have made their kill. I post my trophies for you to admire and glorify. Give me self-worth because I have none of my own. My self-esteem is based upon the opinion of others. Give me your likes. Subscribe. <laughs> Smash that like button. <laughs> um, so I think a final element of the status that we need to talk about mm-hmm. is uh, people who are, they're buying it for status, but the status is something that has been, they've been tricked into it. Uh, the, the element of FOMO. I think we've, we've talked about that a couple of times now in this podcast, in in this podcast. Yeah. But what I want to address is the companies that are making artificial scarceness or even lying about the scarcity, false scarcity. Yeah. Yeah, That's the term in order to make people buy things that they wouldn't buy otherwise. Uh, it somewhat ties into our, our next topic, which is going to be kickstarting. Uh, our next podcast, our next yeah. episodes, our next uh, episode. podcast episode, our next episode's topic is going to be crowdfunding uh, and the Kick ups and downs. My heart. Whoa. <laughs> I'm glad you yeah. liked that title. Baby. 
but all these companies out there, they, they ship low numbers of items so that you feel like you have to buy it the first time you see it. Yeah. They, uh, they will, you know, put only one of mm-hmm. the most desirable figure in a box. They will do retailer exclusives where the pre-order sells out instantly and you can't get it. And so because of this, I know I do. I know you do. We end up buying things that we would never have bought otherwise yeah. because you're like, well, fuck, if I don't buy it this time, I'll never I'm get, not to gonna buy get it. I'm not going to get it. Or, like you said, you might end up being like f- f- going to the dark side and being a dirty scout. Then you have to pay double double the, the price on and, eBay or whatever. Oh, no, no. no I'm talking about like oh, you mean seeing you buy something you want. It. And you know it's scarce, but like there's four of them. You found the target <laughs> who got the shipment in, so you buy all four. And now you have to sell them for more than you got in order to feel like you made the right choice. Right. right. And a lot of t- most of my experience with that has not been good. No. And yet I still fall into that trap occasionally. Not as much as I did. Well, once you get burned a couple of times. It, it's pretty easy to remind yourself, like, I was still got those Rise of Evil two packs. Yeah. So. <laughs> but then for every one of those, there's a, um, so like, it's not super recent, but the Target Clone Wars packaging, uh, Anakin yeah. and Obi-Wan, those were fairly scarce. They, they, they were very scarce. They weren't, they were very scarce. Like, I, I saw them multiple times. But like they already had an uh, like even when was this like a year ago maybe this was like 20, yeah they were they 22. were twenty eight dollars at the time yeah like yeah. that was eight bucks over retail and I'm like right. fuck like am I really gonna get forty bucks for yeah this am thing? I really get the the way that these companies are are creating this false scarcity for a lot of their their toys and they're encouraging this behavior of you better fucking buy it or you'll never see it again is in, it's it's tearing apart the communities yeah. like it's because do you look out for your friend for these people you don't know and tell them that they, that this rare figure is there or do you just buy them yourself? And yeah, or where it's really moved for me personally is I'm kind of now looking at clearance items. Like that's what I'm looking for because Mm -hmm. to me, that's where the fair prices are. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. I don't want to go into it too much now, but kind of with these, this inflation and the, these price hikes where you really got to do for yourself now is a lot more work to find a, what I feel for me personally is a fair price. Yeah. Like I still feel like I don't want to pay more than 20 bucks for a McFarlane figure. I really don't want to pay more than 20 bucks for a legends or a black series, even though over the past, whatever, six months, this increase has been going on. Mm-hmm. I found myself doing it intermittently where it's like, Fuck! I really, I really do like that figure. I want it, so it's I'll buy the, it. It's the crab, or it's the frog in the pot thing, right? Like, you buy one thing for twenty five dollars, you buy a second thing for twenty five dollars. All of a sudden, you're kind of used to it. Yeah. And now you're looking at that black chrysanthemum for thirty four dollars, and you're like, eh, it's not that crazy. I'm still not there, but yeah, <laughs> it is a cool fucking figure. Yeah, it's we're a, gonna cool get one. him. I know. I, I know. Also, well, oh, asked me about it. Here's twice. a here's a great example. The Dark Trooper, mm-hmm. the Hasbro Black Series Dark Trooper. Mm-hmm. You, I just recently opened one. Yeah, you messaged yeah. me about it, yeah. and we were both like, we saw him in stores, on pegs for thirty 
four thirty six dollars. Uh, the the retail's thirty two. Okay, uh, for thirty two bucks, and we both pass because we're just like these are way overpriced. The pegs are filled with them, and we saw what happened with Wrecker and mm-hmm. with all of those deluxes um, for the most part. Who was the other one? Saw Guerrero. So we saw what happened with Wrecker and Saw Guerrero, where they both went down to half price mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. So me personally, I wanted two or three. I wanted two or six Dark Troopers, but I, I settled at three, like one to keep in the package or flip, <laughs> and then two to open. And I think I got them for around twenty four with tax, which is about what I feel like you should have paid. Like it's a a $20 figure or a $22 figure. And what do I do? Do I wait for clearance? Will it not? Like, <laughs> fucking Lando, like General Calrissian, has been on pegs for going on two years now. Hey, that's an excellent figure. And you'll but see him in dirt cheaps. Ollie's, and our Ollie's has no less than 30 of him. Yeah. You'll no see him less. in discount stores for 10 bucks, and yet you'll still see him on Walmart pegs. Yeah. For 24. Yeah. Uh, my saga with the Dark Trooper was being incredibly geeked up when they were in the show. Mm-hmm. Because I remember playing, um, or, or, no, I remember reading those books, the books where the Dark Troopers were there. Mm-hmm. And then he was in Dark Forces, the vi- the old video game. So I loved the Dark Trooper. I was so excited for him. And then when they went up for pre-order and they were $32 a piece, I added four to my cart. And then when I saw how much it was, I yeah. deleted them all deleted and decided all. I'm not getting any of these. Yeah. So I, yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I'm glad you waited. I'm sure you are too because it's not a thirty-two dollar toy. A it's a perfectly not... adequate twenty dollar action figure. Exactly. He's not even great for twenty dollars. He's, He's a regular release. It's a robot. And then they knew people were going to army build him, so Hasbro did did the Hasbro overpriced thing, and just yep. like they're doing with the vintage one, they're putting them in slightly different packaging. They just crank, keep cranking the dial up until charging it's too double high. with it with the normal release at that level is and All So right. just to start a wrap up here, yeah. right? Yeah. Um sum it up. Yeah, so the the whole status thing section of people who collect is a little uh I don't want to say beneath me, but it's <laughs> it's not it just doesn't give me the feels it does some other people obviously there's a lot of people out there who collect that that's what drives them that's what gives them the boner well look i'm not gonna lie i like to post pictures of rare toys that i have you know like i like to brag uh, from time to time about cool shit that i own um i think it's more about being cool shit i think yeah yeah, it's being quote unquote mostly it's like i want to be like hey people who i like Check out this cool stuff. This cool thing, yeah. And we can all talk about how cool it is. Yeah. But, but you know, in our social media generation, the the world that we live in now, social media definitely heavily incentivizes finding something to brag about every Oh, day, yeah. You know, and so there's definitely some element to that. And I think the truth is that everyone collects for a multitude of reasons. Nobody collects for one thing. Uh, there's elements of of value and status and nostalgia in everything that yeah it's all does. degrees and, and that's important yeah again it's like just if you're if you're someone who collects for money or status just remember that 
it's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it, right? That's like, right. Your friend's old. The old cut your legs out from under it, you. Yeah. It, it's still like, <laughs> it, it's true of everything, but it still can kind of like deflate you if you're trying to brag about something, right? Right, like, exactly. Uh, oh, look at this special like, Star Wars lightsaber I got that's super rare. And I'm just like awesome i'm cool, like man i don't know who exar Kun is but yeah whatever. i'm like over here geeking over this um serpentor toy <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's just mass produced and it's yeah ever, but it's amazing yeah it's, yeah so like I, we're we're grown people who buy action figures have some perspective on yourself and and, and the community and then just have fun yeah. you know just enjoy yourself um if try not to get too wrapped up in the value of something because if that's the only reason you love it, then that can go away. Oh, yeah. But if you only buy stuff that you love despite its value, then you, you can't lose. Um, well, okay. I think we got that topic pretty well covered. Yeah, so uh, if you're wondering why people collect toys, we just told you. <laughs> that's right. Did you? Were you not fucking listening? Were you not entertained? <laughs> were, you not, were you not educated? Have you not been edified? Um, this is uh, obviously something that you and I feel passionately about, and yeah. I'm glad you brought this topic up and that we got to kind of do a little nuts and bolts breakdown and discussion of the various aspects of why people collect. I think we covered everything, but if you think we missed something, like let us know in the comments. Like, yeah, we we covered the hunt, we covered the barter. We covered the love. We covered the nostalgia. We covered the profit. We covered the status. I think we got it all, but if we missed something or if something we did cover, you have uh, comments on, please let us know. No, no, Chris, we forgot the...